It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And it's Friday. It's a little bit late on Friday. I'm pretty much very late on Friday. And there's a reason for that with all the goings on in the world at large, the world at sports, this whole coronavirus thing. Uh, we kind of took a little extended break to kind of get a little bit more info. And we're still doing a Fandom Friday, but it's, I guess, a special edition Fandom Friday. And I, I he's on the call right now. We're not going to have an opening segment. He's going to be with me for this entire show. We have a lot to talk about. He's been on before. First time repeat Fandom is Kyle Sullivan. Kyle, how's it going, man? I, well, I should say, like, normally I ask... How's it going with the expectation that the answer will be good? And I don't feel like the answer is going to be good this time around for you. Is it not? No, I'm, I'm lost and I have no idea where to go. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that's the, the general consensus pretty much around the globe right now, especially in this country with, uh, well, pretty much any country. Sports is, is, is you know, the, the respite for so many people and when we have nothing uh yeah we have to find other avenues to go down and you are a huge hockey guy so you know it's not just avalanche hockey that's gone (laughs) it's everything so you can't turn on anything and just hunker down and and watch the game that the game of the night yeah um it's one of those things that (laughs) when big events happen in the world that sports is kind of the thing we all rally behind and we all no matter what we're going through, we can all kind of get behind it and have something to escape to. And even our escape is gone. So I think as a country and the world right now, everybody's just kind of floating, kind of figuring out where to go and what to do. And there's no escape. You're just kind of facing this as you are. And it's just kind of, it's a weird time in this, uh, this global history. Yeah. It's pretty much unrivaled. Um, So I figured we would, we would kind of, just talk about what this virus has done to the sports world at large. Um, and it pretty much all started with, with the NBA pretty much. They were, they were kind of like the ringleader on canceling uh, not, not just a game, just the, the a season, you know, up until now it was, there were so many different things that were getting thrown around and should it be, uh, you know, play in an empty arena uh, to cancel like a couple games or cancel games in specific cities, like on the West coast and New York uh, seemed to be getting a lot of um, cases of coronavirus. So cancel there. It seemed to be like spotty. And then the NBA came in with the player on the jazz that was determined to have it. And it was like, Nope, we're, we're shutting down. And that seemed to be for lack of a better term, excuse the pun, an avalanche of just people, <laughs> people just canceling everything left and right. 
Um, just what was your take on just were you were you one of the ones that was like just glued to the television and just seeing like every like half hour or whatever it was this got canceled and then you know tennis got canceled and then you know uh soccer got canceled were you one of those ones that were just glued to the television just watching all this play out in real time yes initially um i was watching like um, overseas, uh, some of the Champions League games and the European uh, soccer tournaments, they were playing with uh, no one in attendance. And um, being here, I was just wondering, would that even tra- would that come over into our sports leagues? Because uh, we are very um, gate driven in all of our leagues, um, NBA, um, the Final Four, all of this. It's all you you generate your revenue off the gates and the people coming in the doors. Right. So when I heard it was Rudy Gobert was the first one to test positive for Utah. And then it went to uh, Donovan Mitchell was the next. Um, once I heard the first positive test for coronavirus with Rudy Gobert, the first thing I thought was a lot of these NBA teams and NHL teams, we share locker rooms. Yeah. And I was, I, I knew it was, the dominoes are that was the first one to fall and it's it's going to go it's going to go with every league with every sport and i just knew it was inevitable and when i went to bed that night and didn't hear anything i was semi optimistic but in a blind <laughs> fandom way right but it broke for me about 11 o'clock noon and i knew it was it was going to be substantial yeah, it just, I, I, I get you. I, I was with you in that 1%, maybe even half of a percent of, well, maybe we can, cause, because we we have glass partitions, partitions where the players don't interact with the fans. And then I'm like, but that doesn't matter because fans interact with fans and you just, exactly you, you know, so, but yeah, because NHL and NBA share so many arenas and, and I, I believe, he had played in Toronto, which yes. they, they share an arena. And I think there was another one. I could be wrong on that. But um, just the fact that that one is enough. You know what I mean? Like, so yeah. you kind the writing was on the wall that the NHL would do this. And, you know, uh, yeah, you said it around the afternoon sometime. They did it. And it's just, you know, being fans, you, you want to say, well, you know, what's what? What are all the avenues that they could have gone down to keep it going? But some things, not much, but some th- some things are bigger than than sports. And when the entire country's health is at stake, um, you you can't. Sports are pretty much insignificant. It's just odd how we were saying in the very beginning of this how sports are the escape when we have things of like a crisis situation, but sports are are almost irrelevant for this instance because uh, like i said everybody's hel- everybody is involved in this it's not just picking people who are in a certain demographic and say there are people in a certain demographic that are more susceptible and it could endanger them more but you know with with the elderly and stuff like that but i i think you and i are on the same age <laughs> you know if yes. if we if we get this it'll affect us. It might not kill us, but it'll affect us. And and, and it's just when nobody is immune to that, you, you gotta, you gotta put the stop on something. 
especially yeah, like, sports. Yeah, like I like I said, this is our escape. Um, this is how this is what we do to get away from work, get away from life, to just plug in two hours, even go to a game, and for it to be the coronavirus of this nature, going to a game potentially being something that you bring home to your family that can mm-hmm. affect you. It takes the joy out of your escape and your passion. And it's one of those that um, all the leagues wanted to get out in front of and prevent that from happening. And I said it on the show the other day, like where I live in, in Albany, uh, they, they got the, the first two rounds of the NCAA tournament, man, the money that is being lost. And, and again, this doesn't matter either. Like, but from a financial standpoint, the the money that the NCAA is losing by canceling it all, I, I, I really thought the NCAA runs their, their show differently than anybody else. They will fight tooth and nail to make every dollar. All, all leagues do that, don't get me wrong, but I just feel like the NCAA uh, does it with a little bit more ruthlessness than other leagues. Yeah. Um, and when they... They they went from we're going to play the entire thing in empty arenas, and then when all these other ones were shutting down, I think they had to take the hint and they they shut their whole their whole tournament down. And we're, like I'm saying, where I live in Albany, they, they had the first round or the first two rounds. Um, and from an economic standpoint, that's that's a huge loss to this area. Um, to not get that, obviously, you would have made a lot of money. Now extrapolate that over the course of that entire tournament. Now extrapolate that to the, all of the other leagues that are closing down. And this is just for businesses and for sports and for organizations. It's just, it's hell. And 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 beyond that, all of these people that work for these these teams and these arenas, they're out of work now. So I think the ramifications from this thing are going to be felt for a very long time, not just when we have a handle on it and the numbers start going down. Like people are going to be out of work for quite a while. And it's a scary, scary thought. Yeah, like um, like you mentioned, the NCAA, uh, we talked about it last time I was on. Um, I'm in Alabama. NCAA right. is what rules around here. Yeah. And these little towns around here oh, – uh, they announced today that all SEC sports are being pushed back from any recruiting practices, anything until at least April 15th. Oof. And these little towns around here in Auburn, Alabama, down in UAB, Birmingham, um, these towns have their business models for those pushes of college season. Um, it's all geared around, you know, that football starts at this time, baseball starts at this time. And they anticipate that extra cash flow coming in. And this is putting that in jeopardy, mm-hmm. not including everyone that works at the stadium, who does parking, everyone who has stores around. I mean, I know it's the same for the tournament up in Albany. There's, this has got ramifications for not just the sport, but everyone associated, the guys that mow the grass, uh, <laughs> Zamboni the ice, uh, sell the hot dogs, park your cars, Run the hotels. There's, it's a huge economical impact on the sport, and it's not just the product on the ice or on the field. No, 
and and pretty much <clears throat> the scary thing is everything that's been canceled is things that are going on now or within the next month. So we haven't even gotten to things that are in the next couple months. And everybody's eyes are on the, on the Olympics right now. And what are the Olympics going to do? Are they just going to postpone it for like a year, postpone it for a couple months, cancel it altogether, and we just lose out on the Summer Olympics, which would be a huge story. Just the amount of money that goes into building these brand new arenas and stuff like that in the host city. We're, we're you know, they're, they're a little bit away, so they don't really have to make a decision right now. But I think everybody's eyes, that's the next big thing. And clearly, obviously, football, the NFL is the next big thing. Uh, those two, everybody's watching, but I think more eyes are on the Olympics just because obviously. Yep. We, we lost, um, we lost the masters. Um, they pushed back, um, MLB's start. The spring training is gone. Final four NCAA playoffs are gone. Um, the targets on the Olympics and depending on how in front of this coronavirus we can get on getting it contained. And that's, that's what is the, um, that's what the target's on. If we could get this contained in time, that's what the Olympics are looking at. But we're losing big name sporting events up into, like I said earlier, that domino effect. The yeah. next one is the Olympics. Right. Well, we'll see. So uh, we kind of started this by kind of zooming out and seeing this whole thing as a whole as it affects the sports community. Uh, we're going to take a brief little break right here. And when we come back, we will kind of zoom in a little bit more and talk about the NHL as a whole and how it affects that. So we're going to talk about that in a second. My name is Paul Stewart, a third generation Irishman from Dorchester, Mass. I made it to the NHL as both a player and a referee. I was even elected to the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame. When I was skating, I had my share of lumps and bumps. I gave a few back, too. As a stand-up old-school guy, I've always been hesitant to try fads, but recently I became a big fan of a company called Easy Feeling Wellness. A hockey buddy sent me 1,000 milligrams of intensive relief rub. Easy Feeling markets a line of natural plant-based hemp extract products, including gummies, soft gels with melatonin, and tinctures. Their motto is to enjoy every day, which all of us banged-up baby boomers and old skaters can relate to. Easy Feeling products are non-addictive. They don't get you high, and they're perfectly legal. Give Easy Feeling a try by going to easyfeelingwellness.com. They will even give you 20% off your first order by using my special code, PS20. Easy Feeling Wellness. Enjoy every day. Don't Luca now. But the Los Angeles Clippers might be in trouble. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. Dallas Mavericks forward Luka Doncic dropped a triple-double and an overtime buzzer-beating three-pointer to tie their series with the Los Angeles Clippers. You have to listen to Locked On Mavericks today for a very hype Nick Angstadt. To the NFL, where 77 positive COVID tests from 11 teams were re-examined by a New Jersey lab. All of those tests have now come back negative. For the latest on the NFL's quest to return, subscribe to Locked On NFL and the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show. And finally, sources tell ESPN's Adam Schefter that Baltimore Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson missed two training camp practices due to a groin injury. 
Listen to Locked On Ravens for the latest on the reigning MVP and why the team released Earl Thomas. Local experts on the biggest stories. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right. So welcome back. I got Kyle Sullivan on the show with me for the duration of the episode. And we are going to kind of focus in on the NHL itself and what the ramifications are of, of the coronavirus to the NHL season. Um, obviously, the NHL is on hiatus, just like we, we talked about in the first segment. Um, I guess your, your, your kind of thoughts on what could happen for the rest of the season. Do you think we are the, the regular season is just going to be done? And if everything gets cleared up or it's it's safe enough to return, we'll just jump right into the playoffs? Or do you think they'll try to modify some sort of regular season end and lead into the playoffs? Where do you think we stand with the, the uh, NHL and the rest of the season? The big kicker is going to be timetable. Um, that's going to be the driving force. I would honestly, it would be it would be a lot easier just to jump into the playoffs if the playoffs were a clearer picture. Um, <laughs> and it never right is now. for the hockey season, is it? Absolutely not. Uh, Minnesota, <laughs> unfortunately, is making a really strong push right now. Um, the East, they're. I mean, it's a revolving door for that last wild card spot in the east um it's there's some really big well even with an amended regular season there's some really big storylines going on now with austin mash austin matthews chasing 50 alexander ovechkin chasing 50 um there's a lot of storylines detroit possibly having the worst season ever now that's going to have an <laughs> asterisk and that's going to be us forever but um <laughs> It's going to be hard to amend that, but I honestly, what I foresee them doing is um, best of fives until that cup game and being a best of seven in the Stanley Cup um, and maybe salvaging maybe five regular season games just to mm. sort out the playoff picture. Right. But um, I, I honestly, it's going to be a timetable determining factor. Yeah, I, uh, I mean, it, and, and it all depends on when and if, you know, like I said, things are clear to go return and play. That will be that will be the the overriding factor. Um, if this is like mid April, I I don't know. I don't see how you can. Throw, the only thing would be, like you said, maybe like five games, or maybe even it even wouldn't be worth it to do like three. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. If they were to say we have to have like a truncated end of the season, uh, we're going to do five games. I, I you can't go any more than that because if, if you're starting mid-April, you're just extending it obviously that much longer. And three, I just feel like that's not enough meat on the bone to really like. But it could be as well. I mean, teams that are down by by one 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 point—that's six points. If you can win all three of them, I don't know. I just feel like it's not enough. Um, to, to, to really satisfy everybody. But I just get the impression that, yeah, I mean, all of these stories and, and stats and things like that. Um, I don't think, I don't think the NHL, I don't, and I don't mean this in like a, a harsh way. I don't know if they like care about that. I think they just care about getting into the playoffs and awarding a Stanley cup winner. 
I think what you say about <laughs> the five five game series all the way up until the Stanley Cup that could be a good idea. Um, but just right now, the way things are, if they are able to salvage a season, and by season I mean including the playoffs, I think we're done with the regular season. I, I think that I think they're just like I'm sorry to the teams like the Minnesotas uh, that are out by a game. And I don't even know if Minnesota has a game in hand with who's ahead of them, Uh, but that's going to happen. And you have to cut your losses somewhere and just draw a line in the sand somewhere. And I think the NHL is just going to be like, look, we can't do everything that we want to do. We just have to take the playoff picture the way that it is and start the playoffs. Yeah, it's it's know. crazy on a year that the NHL and the NHLPA um, actually have some common ground and are in good terms in the CBA and no lockout on the horizon that yeah. we're now talking about truncated season and playoffs and yeah. missing games. But um, it's honestly, I would not be opposed to pushing the cup back just a little bit. I mean, the draft, we could push that back just a little bit. Honestly, I really think the way to really smooth this season out, we can eliminate some of those preseason games next year. Hmm. Probably could. You we probably can, could. We could slide this. We could slide this season back a little bit, fit those in, and eliminate some of those preseason games next year. Especially with the yeah. injury situation league wide that you see this year, those preseason games aren't as necessary as they used to be. Yeah, and and if you're extending the season and, and the, the off season is shorter, uh, you know those these guys will be a little bit more game ready. There won't be that much time off as it would be in a regular off season. Uh, so that could happen too. I just the thing that just sucks about this, like what we're talking about, is you know the we got into March and then we're talking about playoff. Like the playoffs are are just around the corner. There was. 10 to 12 games left in the season. You know, this didn't happen in October or November early in the season. And you kind of can figure, you know, like you would assume that there would be hockey at some point and you can figure out what to do with a shortened season with much of the season left to go. We were at the end and we were so invested in this, this whole season. Like we are with any hockey season, especially the avalanche, which we'll get to in a minute. But that's the kicker for me is like the finish line was in sight. And for hockey fans, you know, there's no better playoffs than playoff hockey. And I think that's what they want to see. I think that is if they can salvage that, I think you're going to have those angry fans who just missed out. But overall, I think you'll have happy fans that at least we got a playoff in. Yeah, it's it's going to. The thing I worry the most about is that we lose some of these regular season games and we just attempt to jump into the playoffs. And going cold into a playoff is going to be a yeah. rough jolt, and it's not yeah. going to have that feeling. <laughs> and if they do like, that five-game thing like you're saying, it might take three to get back into game flow. <laughs> exactly. Then, exactly. Right. Yep. Uh, that's um, Worried about is a diminished product jumping straight into playoffs and could, losing could some of these true. regular season games. And and you know a team like any of them, like even if you want to talk like about about the Boston Bruins, uh, how much of it hurts them that you know they go into a playoff and you know everybody's on the same playing field when it comes to like we're talking about. <coughs> excuse me, um, 
But a team like that, if they were to lose in the first round because they just didn't have their legs back yet, and it's just, you know, it just seems unfair. <laughs> but you can't really, you can't really have, you can't really draw that distinction between, well, did they lose because there was time off? Because the other team had time off too. So it's just, exactly. it's just going to be these, this never ending cycle of what ifs. Uh, if we do get hockey back so and and the thing you know with the whole testing thing like as of right now there's no uh, nhl player that has tested positive for this um but i think it's just a matter of time before that is going to happen i don't know how the nhl is handling testing if they're requiring all their players to be tested um but i think it's just i think it's too rampant that we will eventually hear of a hockey player that has got it. And then we have a whole nother problem on our hands. Yeah, I know they're, uh, the league put out uh, self-quarantine um, rules and regulations. And I know a staff member for the San Jose Sharks tested positive earlier today. Really? Um, but um, nothing so far as the players, but they're wanting them to stay in the city that either the team is in or that they're currently in and to limit their traveling. But yeah, it's one of those that over the weekend, I wouldn't be surprised if we hear of at least one. Yeah. All right. So that's how this is affecting the NHL as a whole. And one more thing that we are going to do is kind of zoom in even closer to what this podcast is all about, the Colorado Avalanche and how it affects this team specifically. We're going to get into that right here in a second. All right. So... Yeah, and the last thing we really got to talk about, Colorado Avalanche. We're having a, a excellent season. Uh, on, on the surface, if you just look at their record, if you're just looking in from the outside and, and you, you, you were to scan the standings, Avalanche having a good season. If you follow the Avalanche, like most people that listen to this podcast do, like Kyle does, it's been an incredible season with all the injuries that they've had and they've been able to sustain. We've talked about all this stuff all throughout the season. Um, so how does this, what, like the, the negatives that this, if, if the season were to completely be canceled, no playoffs, no nothing. I mean, do you just feel like this whole season was, was basically all for nothing or do you kind of feel like, all right, this is still, you know, uh, a, a positive season and we're just going to have to continue it next year. There's nothing that we can do. What do you think? Yeah. But- the league suspension is a blessing and a curse for the avalanche. Um, it's a curse because there's, a, I mean, Kale just hit 50 points in the Ranger game. Um, I'd like to see where he would have went with a full season. Um, but the blessing, we get a whole team healthy <laughs> for these playoffs. Okay. Uh, Nate, Nate's down a week or two. He's Bad. healing up right now. We'll get Burkowski. We'll get Kadri, Calvert, uh, Donskoy. We don't know what's going on after that elbow to the head. Mm. Um, like, we will be healed going into the playoffs, and if it ends no regular season, we get Dallas. And we don't do good against Dallas. It's true. So we need that full, healthy team against Dallas. It's a blessing and a curse. I would love to see where this team goes. I'd like to see how high Nathan McKinnon can actually go 
in his points. Once again, it's another year he falls short of 100 points. I, you know, year. I was just going to bring that up, too. It's like the hockey gods just don't want him to hit that century mark. Exactly. It's, <laughs> they don't want us to, Nate to get 100, and they want us to have the worst season in NHL history. And that's <laughs> because we won't have the full season. Detroit can't finish it out. Detroit, man. Detroit fans have to be thanking. They're thanking the hockey gods <laughs> while we're, we're we are cursing them. Um, yeah, I, I think those are all excellent points. Yeah, it, it's it's always going to be uh, whether even if we get these playoffs back, it's always going to be looking back at what if and and what if Cal McCarr had finished a, a regular his first regular season. At what points would have been at, <laughs> and and comparing that to how many games he missed and just. You know what? What could have been is going to be is going to follow this whole thing around, this whole league around for forever. Uh, specifically for the Avalanche, things like that, like Nathan McKinnon and his 100 points. Um, but but yeah, I mean, if the playoffs do come back, I, I put a tweet up about it where I said, you know, it's amazing how the one thing that can get the Avalanche healthy is a virus. Strangely enough, yeah, exactly. That's just that's just how. Uh... Puck luck has to go for us this year, I guess. Yeah, so um, it's tough because, because like you said, like if playoff, if they do that, if they they just they take a snapshot of what everything, where everybody is right now, standing wise, Avalanche get the the stars, and if then let's expand that out to what you were saying about they do a five game series. Are you more comfortable playing the stars in a five game series or a seven game series or just Completely not at all. You just want to avoid the, the stars at all costs. Honestly, a five-game series with a healthy, 100% healthy team with Grubauer back, I honestly like our chances. In a five-game series? In a five-game series. Okay. All right. All right. Because it's I, – I haven't pulled up the stats to look at it, but, I mean, how many games have we played this year as a complete healthy team? Like oh we God. have not seen a, a, like we've had to, Nemestikov, he's he's fit in, out of um out of need. We've had so many Colorado Eagles come up and fill spots just to be band aids because we just can't stay healthy. Um, this team would be amazing if we didn't have to. I mean, Gabe Landeskog has been playing in overdrive yeah. this last month. Yeah. And just for just for us to go out and do our job instead of just heavily rely on a single line would be amazing. To have two amazing NHL starting goalies, I really like our chances in five games against Dallas. Yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. But and even even guys like Kadri, like his injury just was was a, a mystery to me. Not not how he got injured, but. He came back out and tried to go on it and couldn't go. And I thought that was okay. Like it, it can't be too serious if he, you know, gave it the college try and came out and he's just like, you know, what? it's just not feeling good. Uh, those injuries where the guy just, you know, skates off the ice, goes right into the locker room. You're like, all right, what? Well, like, you know, like the Donskoy one the other day against the Rangers. Like those are ones where you're like, oh, that's that that could be that could be bad. He came out and tried to skate on it wasn't feeling too good so he came out so i thought he was going to be out maybe like uh, day to day and he's been out for i mean that happened a month ago yeah exactly 
So guys like him, like they, and and he was so close to coming back. I think he was in a red sweater uh, during practice, so he he probably would have been back by now. So now he has all that extra time on top of what he's already missed. Guys like him are kind of what we were talking about in the previous segment about you know being being rusty. He was going to be rusty as it is because he had so much time off. Now you're pretty much if there is a again, I always want to preface with that if there is a playoff, you know he's going to have two months off. So in a five game playoff, he's one of those guys that that's halfway through is when he's going to get his legs back. I did see an interview with Gary Bettman today said he didn't want to fire up the season and everybody jumping in completely cold. He said he is um, monitoring the situation over the weekend and is going to start opening up some of the practice facilities for small, just personnel only skates. No media, no nothing, but that'll be after he evaluates. This is just something he's planning on. But if we could get them back skating, like you said earlier, like just a minute ago, um, Kadri Burakovsky were out there in red sweaters skating. Um, I don't think they're going to be as rusty, and I really wonder if we've just kind of been holding on to them and letting them. It's because those injuries are so much mental where you're not overcompensating for that injury and getting yourself even more hurt until they can yeah. – convince themselves they're mentally ready i i think a couple practice skates practices with the team in those little confined um settings that we're about to endure i think if we get a couple of those under their belt i think we'll be all right because at this point every team is going to be going into the same and Dallas yeah. is going to be running into these same problems yeah. so i think we'll be okay in that regard what, what do you think the impact will have? We, we talked about it a little bit, but uh, the impact on like the off season, and it's tough to say how this season will obviously pan out. Uh, if everything gets canceled, then, you know, everything else goes on schedule wise, the same, including the off and talk about the off season stuff like free agency signings. Uh, but I've also, I've heard things like if this continues out, uh, the draft could be done like remotely, basically on computers. And they're not going to have a big, uh, you know, arena, and and th- those young up and coming stars get to have their moment on the stage, putting the jersey on, and all that stuff. So, what do you think about what could happen in the off season, and how this can affect things like free agency and the draft? The the big kicker um, is I'm I want to see how they handle the free agency what allowances they make and what they do with the deadlines on that because yeah. a lot of contracts um how they play out and I believe that's where Sackick is looking to make his biggest move it wasn't at the trade deadline this year yeah. I think he's wanting that free agent move um and I want to see how that plays out um if let's just say we're not playing hockey for another 3 weeks I don't know how much of a huge impact that's going to have on the um, free agency. If that stays as it is, we'll be all right. If that yeah. moves and that affects how we can go after free agents and who we can keep and who we can't, um, that might be a problem. Cause I, uh, like I said, I think that's where Sackick is planning on making his move is in free agency. Um, when it comes to the draft, um, if that goes remote, honestly, that will, for me, I love watching the draft every year. Yeah. Um, that will that will suck a little bit, especially for them not to have their moment. But 
um, it it will it'll take a lot of the luster out of the moment for sure. But oh, yeah. as a long as a long term impact, I don't think so. But it will definitely take some of the juice out of the moment for sure. Yeah, it'll, I mean, it'll basically turn into an event from from an event to just a a business meeting. Basically, is, is really what's going to turn into. It's it'll look have... like the expansion draft for Vegas um, a couple of years ago when they just put the name on the board and you just yeah. went with it. That's how the expansion draft for Vegas was set up. Right. That's true. Yep. So. I don't know. So we're we're kind of in a limbo situation right now. And it, the thing that I'm amazed about is when we we did it right here in this this episode. It, it's amazing how you hear this the everything everything the gamut of the season could somehow be saved, uh, and we could be back playing hockey in three weeks, or we or the complete opposite of the entire thing is going to be canceled and just you know the 2019 2020 season is over. That is, that's just the state of where we are of not knowing of if we could return relatively soon or we'll see you in September. That, that blows me away. Yeah. Yeah. I know Bettman has come out and said in his initial release that his goal was to crown a Stanley cup champion. So I know that's his motivation and I know win, lose or draw, that's going to be the outcome. How it's going to look is completely up in the air. Yeah. So I don't know. We'll we'll see. Um, I was getting excited about the playoffs. I'm sure everybody else was. I know you were. Uh, so if if we can somehow make it happen, we will make it happen. And and just so you know, listeners know, you know, I will keep doing Lockdown Avalanche podcasts uh, daily if the content is there. We we had a big conference call, and you know, we're gonna still do the show. If we have to narrow it down to three times a week, we'll do it three times a week. Uh, but if there's stuff there where I can put something out and we came up with some kind of fun things that we might do. And if you follow on Twitter, um, LOPN underscore avalanche, I'll kind of put some stuff up there that I might do. Um, but, you know, the, the news is few and far between. So we'll kind of talk about previous avalanche seasons and, you know, individual player profiles and things like that. So there'll be things that we'll do. but we'll just have to play that by ear as well. So the show's not going away. The show will continue to be here and uh, also turn in tune into uh, the locked on NHL show for, for league wide news on, on what's going on. You'll hear it here, you know, more honed in on the avalanche, obviously, but the locked on NHL show uh, kind of encompasses the entire league as a whole. So definitely tune into that one as well. So Anything else, Kyle, before we wrap this somber episode up? Everybody just be well, take care of yourself, and uh, appreciate the time with your loved one. Absolutely. Well said, sir. All right, we'll definitely have you on for uh, a third time, and I'm sure many more times in the future, Kyle. So thank you again, man. I really appreciate you coming on. I'm glad you jumped on. Uh, well, kind of last minute, but you were up to the task. Thank you, sir. Always. You know where to find me. It's always an honor, Chris. All right, man. Have a good weekend, everyone, and uh, we'll see you on Monday. Go, Abs, go!